0: And you can get an extra three months free. ExpressVPN.com/slash/slash film.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Thursday, October 25th, 2018. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Soretta, And joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Senior Writer Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? And Writer Chris Evangelista.
0: Hello.
1: Okay, guys, uh, we have a lot of news going on. I'm not sure what is going on with Hollywood, but uh, it's just been very busy as of late. Uh, So let's just dive into it and let's start. uh, Well, it's Also, we have two days worth of news because yesterday we did the Halloween uh, spoiler-filled podcast. So let's talk about something that broke yesterday, and that is that Disney is developing a Pirates of the Caribbean reboot uh, with the Deadpool writers. Chris, tell us about it.
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's really all we know at this time. So Pirates of the Caribbean, as we all know, has been a huge hit for Disney, but the most recent one wasn't that big of a hit. And uh, right now, the the future of the series is in doubt. So it looks like rather than keep the series going as it is, Disney is exploring the option to uh, reboot it with uh, Deadpool writers, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. And... You know, it's not clear yet if this is going to be a complete reboot, as in they're going to recast it completely and not even bring back Johnny Depp, or it's really uh, up in the air at the moment. But all we know is they're definitely looking into the idea of rebooting this and starting fresh.
1: What do you think of these guys, the Deadpool writers, uh, with this property?
2: I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't dislike their work. I think they're fine. I think they're not really right for this. I mean, you know, every, I know them primarily from Deadpool and they wrote life that, you know, that alien knockoff and.
1: Zombie those, land, right?
2: Yeah. They wrote Zombieland and those films are really like, they border on either comedic or really dark. And I feel like. Pirates of the Caribbean needs to have, like, an Indiana Jones feel. It needs to be very, like, adventurous, and I don't know if they can pull that off, so I don't know.
1: Ben, do you think that Disney will reboot the character of uh, Captain Jack Sparrow, like, maybe even do, like, a younger version of him, or do you think this is going to be something totally different?
0: I think that 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 character is so linked to Johnny Depp in people's minds that they would probably need to to pick a different pirate character to center this around cuz like the idea of of recasting everyone except for Johnny Depp they've kind of done that already <laughs> within this this continuity of the pirates franchise as it exists right now so I feel like and especially with Johnny Depp being sort of as as toxic as he is uh, right now. I mean, obviously like some studios are, you know, Warner brothers in particular with the fantastic Beasts franchise are sticking by him and like they're pretending like it's business as usual. So they could be sort of laying the foundation for Disney to just, you know, pick up as if everything is totally fine and, and maybe keep him around. But I, I feel like it would probably be smarter to just wipe the slate clean entirely and try to create a new, Version of that, or or maybe not in that same mold, but a, a different kind of pirate character to lead a, a franchise.
1: Yeah, and I I think they would you know not want to touch depth with this uh, new version. I, I'm actually wondering. I mean, you do mention a new character. At the Disneyland and Disney World theme parks, they recently took a character, a popular character, uh, who was known as the Redhead. She was a, a wench in one of the scenes, uh, an auction scene, and she, they basically made her a pirate. She's now Red with two Ds, the pirate, and they've even given her a walk-around character at the theme parks. Uh, and now with, you know, uh, I feel like we're a few years into this trend of Hollywood kind of rebooting franchises with female led casts, I I, I kind of wonder if the red, uh, red, uh, the pirate might be what they might focus on. And I also wonder like, is there a different angle to tackle this with the pirates of the Caribbean series so far has kind of been set, uh, you know been a period piece of sorts and i almost wonder is like could there be an angle not that this would be good but could there be an angle about like you know a family that is it <laughs> goes to disneyland and rides the ride and somehow gets sucked into the world of pirates or something like that huh. do you know what i mean interesting yeah i don't know uh- I know that's like more Jumanji-ish, and uh, <laughs> probably not what people are looking for. But well, the
0: the red thing is interesting though, because traditionally pirate stories have been told from a male perspective, right? There's like the raping and pillaging is like part of it, and and approaching it with a, a female lead might, uh, you know, uh, allow them to open up the storytelling possibilities to to give us a totally new a kind of pirate story that we've never even seen before. So that that might be like a smart thing from a creative standpoint, not just like a cynical, oh, let's reboot this with a female lead oh, yeah. kind of uh thing. It might it might actually be one of
1: the smartest things they could do here. Yeah. It's not like the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise was the most uh realistic. <laughs> or you know based on the the real pirates of th- this world kind of thing so right. uh, they, they, they could definitely do that um but uh, you know speaking of theme parks some news hit uh, a couple days ago about uh, the, the this marvel themed land that they're building at disney california adventure uh, they're building on the the site of a uh, bugs land Uh, so, uh, John Lasseter's area is being replaced. Uh, last time I was at the park, it was funny because there's this whole, you know, where our Bugs Land is, there's this whole gate, this whole, uh, fence, and it just says Stark Industries on the fence. And, um, well, this new report that comes from WDW News, uh, it basically outlines what rides we can expect from this new land. Of course, this is not confirmed, but the site has had some good info in the past. Uh, they basically say that's going to happen in two phases, which is something we expected. The first phase is going to open in 2020, uh, basically right after Star Wars Land opens so that uh, they can get some crowds to the other theme park, away from Disneyland and uh, you know the massive uh, uh, cluster that that's going to be. Uh, and the second phase is going to open a year or two later. Uh, basically what they say is that this themed land is going to be a central hub where there's like this Avengers symbol and it's it's almost promoted as like the team's California campus, so it's still taking on that California theme of the theme park and uh what what people probably are interested in they claim that uh, there's going to be a Spider-Man interactive screen ride where uh, it's tough to be a bug uh, was located. So uh, there had been these rumors that there was going to be the Spider-Man roller coaster. There's these patents that Disney uh, took out that basically is if you can imagine what a roller coaster would be like as if there's a track and then there's a pendulum hanging from the track where the, the riders would be and they would be swinging from side to side over a uh, projection of New York City or, you know, a metropolis, a metropolis city. Uh, and apparently that's not what's happening according to this report. According to this report, it's going to be something more uh, like Toy Story Midway Mania where pe- guests have web shooters and are shooting, you know, criminals uh, with the web shooters as the the ride goes by a screen. I'm kind of wondering if this report has things mixed up and if what has actually happened is that that roller coaster ride that we've uh, th- previously talked about that uh, the pendulum swinging roller coaster ride that the the riders were gonna have are gonna have web slingers shooting at interactive screens We don't know. Uh, uh, The other news is that there's going to be a Doctor Strange stage show. Uh, Disney likes to do these things at the theme parks where they like invite kids up and to be part of the show. They they have this whole Jedi Training Academy where kids can kind of train uh, the Jedi and then actually go in a lightsaber battle with like, uh, Darth Maul and Darth Vader and stuff like that. Uh, this is kind of like the, they have a version of that on the cruise ships that basically Dr. Strange teaches the kids how the the ways of, uh, you know, magic. And, uh, apparently they're going to move that, that, uh, show from the cruise ships. They're going to adapt it for the theme park. And, uh, what th- this story is claiming is phase 2 is going to be this Avengers roller coaster that we have talked about in the past which uh basically will take you into the world of the Avengers it's uh, if anybody who ha, listening to this has ridden uh Harry Potter and the Escape from Gringotts over at uh Universal Studios in Orlando this is kind of like Disney's version of that it's a roller coaster dark ride so it has scenes but it's also a thrill ride it's a combination you know it's it's that great uh combo of both kind of like uh how uh radiator springs racers and cars land is kind of like both a dark ride and a thrill ride and uh they also have some details on some shops and foods and and, and stuff like that you can read my whole write-up on slash com. uh ben you are located in uh in the california area i know you don't go to uh, go to disneyland as much as me you don't have an annual pass but is, is something like marvel land interesting to you
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that pendulum experience you were talking about, I'm already (laughs) imagining me vomiting all over the place for something like that. I just, I, something happened to me when I, I don't know, I must've been when I turned 20 or something like that, where like a, a biological shift happened and i could no longer handle roller coasters the same way that i could as a kid like it never used to bother me but now i don't know like the motion sickness especially with the screens and stuff uh, like the those um like star tour the old school star tours ride and like Those experiences where you're just like sitting there, like jostling around while also watching a screen, I just I can't handle it anymore. But the the Toy Story Mania or whichever one you mentioned, where um, that one's like currently at uh, California Adventure, I think um, those kinds of experiences are really cool, and I I can definitely very easily see them. You know, basically just outfitting everyone with uh, digital web shooters and and letting people go to town that way. And it seems like it would be. I don't know, a uh, kind of a cool experience and maybe a little bit more family friendly. Like everybody could ride it instead of just the, the thrill seekers. I don't know. What do you think? What, what are you most excited about in that batch, Peter?
1: Well, uh, I will say this batch is kind of underwhelming. Uh, it It is, you know, this land is replacing a bug's land, which is primarily the family friendly area of Disney California adventure. So I guess it makes sense to make family friendly rides like that. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. The, the the Spider-Man roller coaster, you know, pendulum ride, whatever it is, sounded exciting to me. I, you know, I'm I'm also like you. I, I don't love roller coasters, uh, but I, I can't even imagine if that's if it's the case that they that it is misconstrued, that they that you will be on that thing shooting a web shooter at, like, screens and stuff. Like, I feel like I would be too busy screaming and trying to, (laughs) you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, But uh, I don't know. I'm I'm really curious how this can turn out because it's weird. Disney is doing, on one side of things, Disney is making these immersive worlds, like Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, where you're going to step inside the Star Wars Galaxy and – pandora the world of avatar where you know you basically get to visit pandora and then on the other side of things they like you know just rethemed paradise Pier as pixar Pier, which it just it feels like something almost something like uh universal would do it, it feels and, and what i'm getting vibes of this marvel land i'm getting vibes of i'm sure you you've gone to islands of adventure and universal in universal in in orlando right
0: Yes, I love that place. Yeah,
1: uh, they like they have a superhero, Marvel superhero island there. Which, uh, no offense to that, I mean because Spider- the Spider-Man ride there is incredible. It, uh, the Hulk roller coaster is uh, fun. I won't ride it. Uh, but, uh, it, it is more of a traditional, almost like Six Flags like theme park. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. immersive in a way. It just feels like rides, and it's like a cartoony like street. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of getting the impression from this, but. You know, we're in early days, you know, D23 is around the corner and I'm sure uh, they will announce stuff there and show us some concepts that will be exciting. Chris, are are you at all excited about Marvel Land? Absolutely not. Uh, I don't know (laughs) if I'll ever go
2: there and I don't like roller coasters. I am excited for that Indiana Jones Land. That sounds kind of cool just because I like Indiana Jones, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not, uh, into this, really. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, well, I am excited to find out uh, what it all entails. But let's move on to something you're you're excited about. You've been talking a bunch about uh, this new Netflix show, The Haunting of Hill House. Uh, it, it's very successful, very popular. All my friends, my girlfriend's watching it. I it dropped out of the first episode, and I, I'm, I'm regretting it at this point because everybody's telling me that it's a uh, pretty great and I know you did as well. Uh, it, it's so great that they might be. You know, there's already speculation on if they make a season two. What will it be? So, Chris, uh, what will it be?
2: Uh, well, thankfully, Mike Flanagan, who directed uh, the Haunting of Hill House, said that if season two happens, it's not going to focus on the main characters of, of season one, who are uh, they're the Crane family. And I'm I'm very happy about this because. Uh, the first season is pretty much it's self-contained you know it tells one story and by the time the season ends that story is wrapped up and i I, there's nothing i hate more than a show that tacks on a second season just because they feel like they have to like i loved that sharp objects is like a one and done and i'm glad they're gonna do the same thing with this so if there is a second season they're gonna turn it into like an anthology where it
1: focuses on new characters which i'm all for so have there been other families that have lived at this Hill House that they can explore?
2: Uh, I mean, the house in the movie, I mean, the show is very old, so they could always do that. And Mike Flanagan even said they could always just do a completely different location. Like, it doesn't actually have to be Hill House. Sort of like how the Terror is doing. Um, Season one of the Terror was set, you know, uh, in the Arctic, and one of the ships was named the Terror, and that was the name of the show. But Season two is not going to have anything to do with that at all, but it's still called The Terror. It's just focusing on whole new characters.
1: So so I'm assuming that's – would you want to see a season two? Like I I know you are a big fan of season one. Is this like a thing where you don't need another season or you would like to see anthology? I, I definitely
2: don't need another season if they're bringing the Crane family back, which they're thankfully not. But if they do a season two and Mike Flanagan is involved, I'll I'll definitely watch because I feel like he's the key to making it work. Like if he's not directing it, I probably would be less interested. But as long as he comes back and as long as he, he stays true to that word of focusing on new characters, I would definitely be for a, another horror show from him on Netflix.
1: I might have to actually bite the bullet and watch the show. Especially if they do a season two, because I know uh, Kitra's going to want me to watch it. Uh, ben, have you have you started watching this series at all?
0: I have not. It's in my queue. Um, but yeah, like you, I've heard really good things from a lot of people. I just haven't had the time to. I just started watching Maniac. I'll, I'll probably talk about, more, about that more on um, The Water Cooler, but I'm, I'm a little bit behind in terms of Netflix stuff. They just drop so much <laughs> content
1: all the time. Yeah no it's it's pretty insane. Uh, let's talk about the girl in the spider's web the the what what, are they, what is the subtitle the dragon Tattoo Story or yeah, I think a so. dragon tattoo story uh this is in that universe, but it's not a sequel to the David Fincher uh, movie from a couple years ago. Uh, we've been kind of wondering like if this movie is any good in the first screenings happened uh where in Rome I think? I think so, yes. Yeah, and you wrote up a a write-up, you know, rounding out the few reviews that we actually have. Is this movie worth seeing, Ben?
0: It seems like sort of a mixed response. Um, it, so uh, Kate Herbland at IndieWire uh, singles out Claire Foy's performance as Lisbeth Salander. She's the new uh, girl with the dragon tattoo and uh, says that she's basically really great. Um, she's, you know, just as good uh, in this movie as she is in Damien Chazelle's uh, First Man, according to uh, Kate Herbland. Um, but but like, unfortunately, she says that the story is sort of laden with undercooked relevance. Uh, rele- revelations excuse me and loses much of its momentum during the saggy middle section uh it's sort of like reactions are sort of all over the place like uh somebody at the Hollywood reporter says that it's edgy and action-packed and alvarez fede alvarez who's the director of a movie called don't breathe that came out a couple years ago he's uh stepping into the director's chair for this film and alvarez's direction keeps the tension high through a slew of ever more improbable threats to Lisbeth and her allies. But then uh, over at Variety, a critic there is the harshest of all of the reactions that I've seen so far, saying that while the movie delivers some Big Bang thrills, the entry feels like a betrayal to the character of Elizabeth Selander uh, because it, quote, reduces her to a quirky Batgirl-like figure, soft-peddling her feminism, practically eliminating her queerness, and tossing in an American so the U.S. can save the world. So, I mean, it's really, like, like I said, kind of a, a mixed bag. Um, I saw about 30 minutes of early footage from this, not too long ago I think I talked about it on the podcast and I, I was very interested to see this new take on the character it it uh, somebody else uh, tweeted that it reminded them of like a James Bond kind of thing and that's the impression that I got watching a little bit of that early footage so I don't know Alvarez's direction in this looked to me very sleek and slick and sort of like this icy Bond style thing I, I don't know how well people are going to react to that who are like big fan, uh, big fans of this particular franchise. But in terms of like maybe grabbing new uh, audiences who haven't seen the Fincher version or haven't seen the original uh, Swedish trilogy, maybe that's what they're going for here. Although, you, as you just alluded to, the <laughs> title with this ridiculous subtitle means that they're really trying to hammer home the idea that this is part of the same world. So I, I don't know what Sony is really doing with this. But um, uh, Chris, what do you think about this?
2: I think I'm going to, have to wait for uh, Blu-ray for this one. I um, I, I I never read the books, and I don't really care about the the original uh the original films, but I really liked the David Fincher movie, and I liked how almost uh, it felt very subversive for a studio movie that Fincher film, and this just looks like the the Hollywoodized version that you know that older film could have been when when hollywood remade it and fincher meant it to eke out this uh, non-hollywood film but now they're just making this this sort of clean cut simple dumbed down version and i it just it seems really weird to me that it's, it looks so much like an action film because you know that fincher film is not an action film it has action in it but it's like a thriller and this just looks like a straight up
1: it looks like a born sequel, and uh, I, I'm really not into that. Yeah, I don't think I'm that interested in this film as well. Uh, but let's move on to a bunch of horror movies that are getting uh, resurrected from the dead uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the cult classic, and uh, uh, Critters. Are, both movies are in the works at Sci Fi. Chris, tell us about it.
2: Yeah, so sci-fi is close to getting the rights to both Critters, which is a film that spawned several sequels, one of which had uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in it, believe it or not, and Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which had no sequels but should have. And uh, there's not like a whole lot of specific details yet, but all we know is that they're hoping to just turn them into new sci-fi movies. And this could go either one of either ways. It could go... uh, you know, somewhat fun or it could go terrible. Like the, the Sharknado films. Um, It's interesting that they're, they're going after these films because these aren't films exactly known for their quality. They're very cheesy, schlocky horror films. So my guess is they're going to approach them in a very uh, ironic comedic way, but I guess we'll have to see.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the sci-fi movies. Uh, like Sharknado. Uh, I, I I did love watching Killer Clowns from Outer Space as a kid. And Critters terrified me. I think that's one of the Critters movies. Is that like the one where they come out of the toilet? That's Ghoulies. <laughs> oh, that's Ghoulies. Yes. Ghoulies, thinking, yes. <laughs> ghoulies okay, they'll I'll,
2: get you in the end, as the tagline says. Get you in the
1: end. Okay, it was Ghoulies that terrified me as a kid. I was afraid to, uh, go to go to the bathroom on the toilet, uh, but I did also watch uh, Critters. Ben, do you have any love for the these franchises?
0: I definitely have a lot of love for Killer Klons from Outer Space. I, I that was one of the first movies that I came across as a kid or a, a younger movie watcher, where I
1: was like, "What in the hell is <laughs> happening here?" And um, I love that they're I, just like putting people in like these cotton candy pods.
0: So. Yeah, it, it's completely ludicrous. If you've never seen the original, I would highly recommend just checking it out um, just just for the sheer audacity of it. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm sort of hesitant to uh, to see them tackle a new version at sci fi. I'm, I'm just not sure. You know, it, it's like Buckaroo Bonsai or something like I, I don't know if any new version at this point is going to um, come close to the novelty of the original.
1: In that original film correct me if i'm wrong chris but didn't it use like stop motion animation to like do the the faces of the clowns
2: uh there's a scene with stop motion animation but the the clowns themselves are like it big. was all practical
1: there's like okay. rubbery practical yeah. heads yeah. maybe i'm just thinking that one scene I'm, I'm kind of worried if they do a remake of this that it won't be practical that it'll be like cg clown heads and stuff like that i i know that for universal's uh Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando this year, they had a scare zone based on the killer clowns from outer space, which got a lot of, like, uh, hype. Like, I I don't think Universal was even uh, expecting it. Like, people were just excited to go to this event just for, like, one of these small scare zones, not even a haunted house. And, uh, like, I actually, I've heard that they've had trouble with too many people just, like, hanging around that scare zone because they love that that franchise. And I almost wonder if like this is like something like this came out of that. That like uh you know uh <laughs> Sci Fi was like, look at this. People are loving this property. They have a nostalgia for killer clowns from outer space. And uh th- that's how this came about. But um I mean I I, I guess it's good that sci fi is branching beyond the asylum esque uh kind of films, right?
0: Yeah, and maybe if they uh, if they if it gets more people to check out the original, it's probably a good thing, right, Chris?
2: I guess, <laughs> I guess, I, I, like Peter said, I agree with Peter that it's, um, and I think you said this too, where it's it's going to be almost impossible to recreate the the quote unquote magic of the original film. Like that original <laughs> film is such a uh, a testament of its era, and I feel like anything they do now is going to be like intentionally stupid, you know. The original film it's it's funny, but it's not like trying to be stupid. They're trying to make a movie, and I feel like any remake is gonna be like nudging you in the ribs every five seconds, like ha ha ha, get it? Like I I don't I don't want that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't want that either. And um, yeah, okay, let's move on. We've been talking a lot about this Joker movie that is in production with Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, it is now cast. Bruce Wayne and Alfred Ben, what is going on here?
0: Yeah. So Dante Pereira Olson, a young child and uh, a middle-aged actor named Douglas Hodge have been cast in this Joker film playing a young Bruce Wayne and a a middle-aged Alfred Pennyworth respectively. Um, The reason that this matters is because, as far as I know, a lot of the development of Joker has been, like, throughout the development of this movie, it's been compared to The Killing Joke, which is a a Batman graphic novel that depicts a version of the Joker's origin story. And in that story, Batman is sort of instrumental in the transformation of this failed comedian character, who's in the movie going to be played by Joaquin Phoenix, into the Joker. So Batman as a the superhero that we know him as is, is there when uh, this character falls into this um, chemical drainage system and, and basically becomes turned, you know, turns into the Joker, but Dante Pereira Olsen is a very, very young kid. So that means that an adult Batman is probably not going to be in this movie unless there's like a huge time jump and another character is going to be cast as Batman that we don't know about yet. Um, So it pretty much means you can scrap that possibility of Batman factoring into the creation of the Joker in this movie. So I'm just (laughs) this entire movie still continues to baffle me. I mean, Uh, we
1: we could see the other thing, right? We could see the thing that we've seen a bunch of times now where the Joker is the the inciting incident of creating Batman by killing his his parents, right? uh,
0: Right. Yeah, that that could be it. And that that seems to be likely because this kid is so young that that would be around the age that we've seen Bruce Wayne uh, in the in the past, in the comics and the the previous movies and stuff like that. um, Watch his parents get gunned down in an alley, uh, you know, in front of him. So I guess all signs are pointing to another Thomas and Martha Wayne murder scene uh, coming up in this movie.
1: (laughs) But I'm betting that that scene happens very late into this film. And it like this is what brings Joker to that point that like, you know, it's a point where I I think, you know, sends those two characters in, you know, very opposite directions. So it it could be interesting. But these are also not big actors. So I don't expect like, you know, there to be a sequel starring these these two, right? Right. Yeah, I think
0: you're you're probably right about that. And, uh, you know, we don't even know if there's going to be a sequel to this movie at all. It's supposed <laughs> to be the first of the the uh, Warner Brothers and DC films, sort of like non-canon, like non-normal continuity timeline uh, DC movies. So um, these are, as far as we know, these are basically considered one-offs. But I guess if, if any of them does, you know, major box office, they could always come back for another sequel. Yeah.
1: I don't think anybody over at D.C. knows exactly what's going on at this point (laughs) anyways. Um, But uh, let's move on to our final story. And that is George Miller has finally uh, found his Fury Road follow up. Chris, tell us about it.
2: Uh, yeah, the film is called 3,000 Years of Longing, and it's uh, apparently an epic romance starring Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton, and it's about a genie, and that's all we know. We don't know who's playing the genie. It could be either of those actors. It could be a completely different actor. Uh, we really don't know. And...
1: I, I could totally see Idris Elba as a genie.
2: Yeah, he, he could, he'd be a good genie. And um, uh, so I think Tilda Swinton would also be a good... They're both actors who could do really good jobs as genies, and uh, so maybe that's why they were cast for this film. Um, the only real details we have other than that is that it's supposedly unlike any film George Miller has made before, but that sort of sums up his career. I mean, his whole, his career is very eclectic. I mean, he has the Mad Max films. He has Happy Feet. He has Babe Pig in the City. He has The Witches of Eastwick. Like, none of those movies are anything like each other. So it just seems like this is par for the course. And uh, I'm excited. I'm glad he's working in it. I wish it hadn't taken so long, but I'm very excited to see whatever he does
1: next. Yeah, me too. So we don't know if this is like an adaptation of, uh, the arabian Nights, like kind of aladdin story no
2: there's really it's really all under wraps i mean the story first broke all we knew was the title and then a few hours later we learned that it was about a genie and who was going to be in it but that's really all we
1: know at the, at this time ben any thoughts on this
0: I'm hoping both of them are playing genies and it's like a they're, they're trying to get to each other while having different masters, you know, whist around the globe and all that stuff. That would be pretty cool. I, I think it's really awesome that we have no idea which of these two actors is going to be a genie. Like the idea that that it's equally viable for both of them to play genies is just, is just sort of hilarious to me.
1: Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm really curious what this is. That, that would, I don't know. Yeah. I'm curious. It's also interesting that a – usually we don't get a project like this announced where it already has, like, a slate of actors and stuff. Like, they've kept this pretty quiet, which is kind of strange because everybody's been wondering what George Miller was going to do after Fury Road. Um, But I I think we're all excited, right? Yeah, and Chris,
0: do you know if if these original reports made any references to – the Mad Max franchise like I know that George Miller sort of had this on again off again thing with a, a, an actual Mad Max Fury Road sequel. Is there any mention of that anywhere?
2: No, there's no there's nowhere of that. I mean, and as for this film, it doesn't even have like a home yet. There's no distributor yet. So it's, it's very early stages, but it's supposedly he's going to start filming this next year. So I if there is going to be a new Mad, Mad Max film, it's not going to be for a while.
1: Well, that brings us to the end of today's Slash Home Daily. Chris, where can we find more of you online?
2: Uh, I'm at SlashHome.com, and I'm on Twitter at C evangelista 413 And please write in for Chris Evangelista's <laughs> advice corner, which I we'll can... get to sooner
1: or later. Yeah, sooner or later, when this news cools down, we'll actually get to it. We actually have a, a few letters already, so it's, it's building up. Uh, ben, where can we find you?
0: You can find me at slashhome.com as well, and I am on Twitter and Instagram at Ben Pears.
1: You can find me at SlashFelm on all social media. You can find this podcast, slash home Daily, on iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. If you want to find out more about any of the stories we talked about today, you can find them on slashhome.com and linked in the show notes. Uh, you can uh, send us feedback, questions, comments, concerns, or even ask for life advice from our own Chris Evangelista at peter at slash com. That's peter at slash com. Please leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention the email on the air. And as always, go to our iTunes page, give us a five-star review, uh, write some, some kind words. It helps out quite a bit. Spread the word, tell your friends, and we'll see you tomorrow. So is, is this Joker movie just becoming Gotham? The movie? <laughs>
0: did you see those pictures Peter of uh who was it Shane West
1: as Bane that looked horrible (laughs) it looked like almost like a fan production it didn't even look like a see that's what bothers me about those like CW shows like they seem so low budget and so yeah it's
0: weird like some of the visual effects look good but the costumes are always a little um yeah a little
1: off to me I don't know Chris have you ever tried to watch Gotham No,
2: it, uh, no, it does not look good to me. Uh, no, (laughs) that, uh, that Bane does not look good and nothing else I've seen on that show looks good. So I have not, I will be watching Pennyworth though. I love me a good story about (laughs) young Alfred as a spy or whatever he's, he is in that show. I can't wait on crackle or whatever channel it's on.
1: Yeah, we'll be watching on uh Facebook Connect or whatever. Yes. whatever it is. Apple It's either
2: it's like Crackle or Epix. It's one of those
1: things that no oh, one yeah. actually watches. It's Epix, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> on Epix. Have have what, are, what even is Epix?
0: As far as I know, they just play Hunger Games movies over and over again, but I don't know. Oh yeah.
1: They're the official network of Pennyworth. <laughs> it's their
0: flagship series. <laughs>